writing down my own questions mm-hmm. that just pertain to our season of life specifically, you know, and, you know, some of the questions that I had kind of thought through are like, what are you filling your mind with? Right. Mm-hmm. Because, because of what we the have overflow. to give them. Right. Um, do you have something in your glass talked about to pour out, to pour yeah. into? Yeah. Are you saturated with God? Are you setting the environment in your home? How, what music are you listening to? The books that you read, how you pray, how you model, how you respond to disappointment or frustration yeah. in the way that um, we're called to. What rhythms or habits do you have that you would like to start um, this season to foster image bearers? Yeah. Is, is your desire for your family and your kids to ultimately be image bearers of Christ? Is that your deepest desire? All right, today we are going to wait into a topic that is fun to talk about, that everyone has an opinion on, and I think some of the stuff that we work through is going to cut against the grain of the culture, mm. which typically when you get into the Word of God, especially um, the New Testament, we really get to get into that and in, in the way that Christ commands and calls us to live and how that's lived out. Maybe it's, a... Uh... Maybe a disclaimer before we start, because we might say some things that um, sound kind of strong. Yeah, I know where you're going. But just a disclaimer, all of us are part of wonderful, nurturing Hmm. families. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a part of our life, a big part of our life. But I also know your families, and I know mine. I think part of the reason why we have such a healthy family family context is because the principles of some of what we want to talk about today are lived out. Right. And it sounds a little counterintuitive, mm-hmm. but if you will make these your primaries, the the result is healthy, strong families. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I know Absolutely. your family, Justin, like, this is a primary thing. Your mom and dad early on were Absolutely. teaching you these things. My mom and dad. I know your family. Like, we even joke about Ben, like, I think every time the church doors were open or like there just was no excuse not to be a part of the body of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Your parents, yeah. that was... So I, I just want to make a disclaimer. We might say some things mm-hmm. that hit you a little bit differently. We want to do that because we believe that actually God's purpose for our families uh, comes through following his yeah. word. But we are all part of very healthy nurturing families i think the biggest thing for me the biggest uh revelation was that when i spoke with my parents about leaving engineering to pursue ministry Mm -hmm. and they the biggest thing that made them sad was that i was going to be moving across the country to do that but it wasn't the fact that i was leaving engineering this worldly um uh, prestigious thing i guess you could say to do engineering and the securities that come along with that. But they were, and they were completely fine with me leaving that for the insecurity of going back to school for another four years to pursue ministry, which in and of itself is not as secure, if you will, mm-hmm. from, a, from a worldly point of view, um, as a career. And that's when I realized what the last 23 years had been of them raising me, of them discipling me. And they were living that out fully in that moment letting me go modeled it they modeled it perfectly 
So obviously today's topic has to do with family, and so that's where we're landing. That's what is already being drawn out right now with Yeah, with I jumped us. ahead, didn't I? <laughs> kind of all no, that's ahead. that's good. I mean, we're excited to talk about Honestly, we've been talking about it for 20 minutes, so yeah, that yeah. We're, we're already there. Yep. But uh, this is this kind of falls in line with our current sermon series that we're working through, uh, the family blueprint and what that looks like. And what the American blueprint looks like and, and what the biblical blueprint of family looks like. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of similarities, but there are a lot of um, differences. Yeah, and I think for me, even from being able to give this sermon this past Sunday, the biggest thing for me, from my perspective, um, is what is the purpose behind it? I feel so often that um, we as a society are jumping into, especially Northwest Ohio society, small town America, we jump into marriage, we jump into families because it's the thing to do. Mm -hmm. It's just the default mode. Um, that's the way we were raised. That's the way we were trained to think that by come a certain age, uh, we need to be married and have kids. And that's just, that's the rite of passage. But I was making the argument, I think there's something greater there. I think Absolutely. there's something deeper that God is calling Well, and I'll to. even push back a little and say, our, I think our culture is actually going, trending the other way of saying career first, you know, uh, sure, single, live sure. into your own self. But again, all of that is self-seeking and right. self-motivated. Right. And in between, in between that, um, you know, I think what we're both saying is a lot of this is worldly motivations mm -hmm. and not biblical motivations. So are your motives pure in, in what you're pursuing? Yeah. What is, what is the motivation for the lifestyle that you're living? Absolutely. Family, single, w whatever have you. Yeah. I mean, Justin, you have to deal with, uh, on a regular basis, like you're not married. Mm-hmm. You're 29, you're not married. What's wrong? Like the expectations of society right, right. are pressed in on you when the scriptures do not give you any expectation. But honestly, I mean, that. that's and but and a lot of that's Henry County. I mean, well, you go, yeah, to, the, you go yeah, to the city. Absolutely. And that's, that's a good point. Yeah. And yeah. that's not the yep. case at Northwest all. Northwest Ohio is different than Dallas, Texas. Are you just a city guy then? I <laughs> I grew to love Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> so the sermon this week... Um, which is a great starter, and uh, we didn't make you do anything that had to do with parenting or marriage, <laughs> right. which fit, right? Um, but understanding the role and the purpose of family. Yeah. And you yeah. know what, Justin? I was proud of you. You didn't get up there and say you were single and ready to mingle. <laughs> that, that is, though <laughs> many, just many people <laughs> took it that way, though. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, would it be safe to say, guys, that the idea of family has become an American idol. Mm. Absolutely. Do we worship the idea of family? I, I kind of think we do. As a pastor, I've watched this, mm -hmm. that time and time again, family often comes in the way of what's most fruitful mm. in my walk with Christ. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a hard truth to hear, right? That bothers me, man. Because it, it shouldn't be mutually exclusive. Mm -mm. They should work together. Yeah. But when what when one is put in front of the other, and it's like all the rest of our life, we can make an idol out of almost everything. Yeah, and we do. we worship the creation <laughs> rather than the creator kind of idea, right? Right. right. Um, you know, I've I've pastored people who they can't they can't get into a discipling 
relationship with the community of Christ. They can't worship the Lord regularly. They can't be because they worship like creation. They got to go hike. They got to fish. They've got to be outdoors. And I'm sitting there thinking, you're worshiping the creation rather than the creator. He wanted you to enjoy his creation. Yeah. Right, and, and and I think family sometimes does that. The yeah, car, the car and I think for that, I mean, like let's let's spare us the I, I I'm still worshiping on my own. I mean, there's you have 367 other hours of the right. week to do that. So great, good for you. That's good. That's important. Finding time alone with God, but it's just interesting how selective you are in doing that and what you're willing to give up. And that's that. exactly right. I think um, one absolutely alone time with God. We see Jesus model this out for us. He constantly got away from his disciples to be alone with the Father. But look at the motivation. He always came back to disciple. He always came back to the 12. It wasn't that he sacrificed one for the other. Sure. He found the alone time. Yeah. And, but that alone time is what prepared him to be with his disciples. So that he could overflow and prepare himself exactly, to pour in to others. That's exactly. Not, again, to Chip's point, they weren't mutually exclusive. You can't— yeah. you, you, Jesus modeled for us alone time in order to then feed into bringing yeah. up his disciples. Absolutely. Spoken like a true introvert that you are. Too. Yeah, very much so. Like you need that alone time. I need that alone time. Mm-hmm. We all do, but it's always for a bigger purpose. Yes. To mm-hmm. live in the community of believers God has placed us in so that we might make disciples of one another. And I think the point made Sunday, Justin, really clear was... We need to think through the purpose of family. Yeah. And yeah. that at the heart of family is to disciple yeah. one another. Well, and I think it's it's so amazing because God has given us this beautiful illustration, one of himself. I mean, the triune nature of who God is. And then out of the overflow of who he is, his love, he then creates image bearers. And I mean, to mm-hmm. a certain we see that in family. And I, I alluded the, to this during the sermon, but out of our love for one another, man and wife come together, and then they also create those who look like them. Sure. And it's just this beautiful image. And we live then with this idea of like, wait a minute, if this is how it is physically, how much more so is then God inviting us to do the, to do the same with our children? Absolutely. So I think maybe for a roadmap for this podcast, let's 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 open up with the biblical truths. Mm-hmm. Of, of what this is and then unpack it practically sure for how to live this out maybe not necessarily you know what it isn't mm-hmm. but what is it then and and kind of work through that I mean there's so much that okay so I would start with the fact that I believe that the gospel and the life of Jesus the teachings of Jesus and the full revelation of God in this world is wanting to redefine family for us in a sense mm that uh, there was the genetic thing going on in the Old Testament, the children of Israel, the families that came together, mm-hmm. right? You had Adam and Eve, and then... And um, obviously, that's a part of how the creative process works in our world. But then you have Jesus saying things like, listen, what I'm calling you into and what eternity consists of mm-hmm. is a much more uh, deeper Uh, connection and that is a spiritual connection Mm. that actually i think the new covenant introduces us to the opportunity 
to experience family in a whole new, deeper way. Yeah. And that is those who share in the spirit together as brothers and sisters. Absolutely. That's why Jesus says things like harsh state, sounds like harsh statements. Like we were reading this a little earlier, uh, talking about being a disciple. Luke 14, Jesus said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate brother, mother, father and mother, wife and children. And let's take a time out like we were talking about. Jesus didn't hate his father and mother. What was he doing at the cross, right? Yeah, he was taking care of his mother. He was making sure she she would be taken care of after he was gone. I think the way that the language, I, I like the idea, whoever doesn't love less mm. father and mother than following me cannot be a disciple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what he's saying is, listen, I, I have given you the the joy of what it is to have this familial love and connection and it's beautiful, right? We all have families we love. I mean, you're a twin, so yeah. you you even have a, a, a unique connection mm-hmm. with someone. But he's saying, listen, I'm actually drawing you into something that's even greater. And that's as I am redeeming you and restoring you. Uh, I'm doing it with other people. And you, could, you spiritual family is actually the pinnacle relational existence that we can experience as he shares through who he is father mm-hmm. son and spirit yeah gives us that opportunity there we go <laughs> don't stop <laughs> hey that's good stuff i mean I'll sit in that for a second yeah. and take that in um sometimes it's hard to hear sometimes it can feel offensive to say you know i thought my the very essence of my existence was to worship my family, live for my family, right? carry on the family traditions. And mm-hmm. what Christ is calling us to is so much bigger than that, like you said. And so, okay, so how does that meet culture? How does that meet where we are? What does that look like played out then? Um, you know, I'm a, I am a, a big proponent of the nuclear family. I feel like there's a lot of biblical aspects to that in the way that, like, you know, that— of what we're what we're called to um but paired with that is the 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 spiritual piece the, you know i i know couples that um are barren mm-hmm. but what they've what they've done um in in the this the the spiritual family that they've had um out of That's that it. people that i i have a couple in mind that uh was at my church growing up and the influence that they've had yep. on my life the uh you know, there's a family that moved in that didn't have, um, you know, that next generation above them mm-hmm. that now they are their spiritual yeah. grandmas and grandpas and, and spiritual grandchildren. And it's such a beautiful thing yeah. that, um, you know, there's that can conf- the biblical family is something that can flourish. Absolutely. I mean, it goes back to that, the spiritual connection. I think we don't do the service of the spiritual reality of following Christ enough. We are so focused on the physical. That's why family becomes an idol, because we see it as the most intimate of physical connections. It is that blood relation is what it it trumps everything else. But I think what Jesus is doing, and then like to your point, Chip, the redefinition of what family is. In fact, maybe not the redefinition. I think we as humans have redefined what family was originally meant to be. And I think Christ is bringing us back to that original definition of the spiritual connection. I mean, discipleship is what? Discovering the unreal reality of what it is to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when we discover 
that newfound reality or the original reality of what it is to follow Jesus and then how we can lead our kids in this to show our kids like, wait a minute, this isn't all about you. This isn't all about your success. This isn't all about me having you be the next uh, movie star or engineer or doctor or athlete or whatever. This is all about you discovering what it is to follow Jesus and then to be that to the rest of the world. And I mean, Ben, to your point, I don't know if this was said earlier or if this was before the podcast, but to your point, your parents they didn't necessarily care about what you were doing with your life as long as you were living for Christ. So define success, right? Exactly. Is, is success um, make it, finding an occupation where you make a lot of money? Mm-hmm. Is success being married off or having a set amount of kids? Right. Is success right. living out your dreams and whatever you desire? Yep. Or is, is success um, finding Christ and leading others to him? Yeah. I think a common denominator with our families here today, and we're strong families, like mm-hmm. even with our parents, is I think at the core of who they all were, and you've shared the illustration just even when you had a career change, mm-hmm. is and my mom from the earliest days said, my desire for you above everything else is that you follow Jesus. Yeah, They define success as that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then whatever happens after that, yeah. I'm going to enjoy the ride with you. Yeah. But it was a seek first the kingdom, and then everything else flows out of that. Yeah. And I think what you just said about how we see what is success is where we are struggling, even in American Christian families. Do our kids feel like that the, the thing that we want them to do most is follow Jesus? Right. Or do they feel like get a college degree, mm-hmm. make X amount of dollars, mm-hmm. uh, start a business, be successful in mm-hmm. a, a profession? All those things probably in and of themselves aren't aren't inherently s- sinful, right? Like I, I would love to see my kids be successful, but I know that even if Keegan starts his own business and becomes a multimillionaire, right? And doesn't know Jesus, I got a huge hole in my heart, right. and I feel like I have, I failed him. But doesn't that go back to the Great Commission? Then ultimately, it's in your going, wherever you go, wherever yes. life yes. leads you. Hopefully, yes. wherever the Lord leads you, make mm-hmm. disciples. Yes. In your going, wherever that may be. Exactly. That doesn't mean that you know devoting your life to uh, a career <laughs> that leads to poverty or you know something that's does that's not well paying. But it's, I mean. I know a lot of believers who are extremely wealthy who have, but they continue to put the Lord per- first. They continue to seek the Lord yeah. in all things. They strive to make disciples. They've they fostered a culture in their business yep. mm-hmm. of making disciples and in leading with that. Yep. It all comes down to at the end of the day, what is your what is your purest motivation that's yeah. that's leading you to these the things? The business and the wealth was not their end goal. It's not no. what they consider success. It was, here's my gifts. Here's what God's given me. And, the, you know, in, in the cards that I've been dealt in this in this life, this right. is how I, I... That's a... I mean, so in regards to then the raising of the family, at, at the end of the day, we all have a certain gospel that we are given giving to our families. That's the good right. news. What is, what is the good news? What is 
the mm. message that our kids are receiving on yeah. a daily basis. And our kids, whether it's explicitly stated or not, they will be trained by whatever you, th- that gospel is. Yeah. And a lot of times that gospel is going to be sports. That, and in fact, not even sports. It's going to be the busyness of the lifestyle. Busyness, I think, from what I've observed at least, is so much the gospel of today. Like we got to do everything in the books mm-hmm make it available. And really, that's just a reflection of then the parents and how they view success, how they are placing their child or their children and all of the activities. That's what they see as the good news. As long as we're staying busy, then we're fulfilling it. But but in the midst of that, we're also sacrificing the ultimate good news, the gospel. I mean, if we're not willing to be still and have the gospel, and that's what I, I, you know, from if I can toot my own family's horn for a little bit, this is what I gathered from my from my parents is that they did not have my brothers and my sister and I involved in every activity. And one of the things I observed from a very young age is the stillness. And in that stillness, it was it was Christ. Christ was in that stillness yeah. with my family. Yeah. When I say, I mean, what you do with your time, and your what money. you do with your money, mm-hmm. is more important than what you say and the artwork you hang on your walls. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. And, you know, and I, I uh, speaking out there to, to families that when we're talking about this um, are wrestling with these things, I obviously, I'm in the middle of it. I'm a little bit ahead of you guys, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely ahead of you, Justin. <laughs> yeah. And Ben, you know, you're 10 you're years 10 years ahead of me. Yeah. yeah. And so um, wanting your kids to uh, experience a full life but making sure that it doesn't come in the way of the essential things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Figuring that out, um, I I will tell you it it's a it's a challenge. Um, and so I sympathize with families, somebody that might be listening that like maybe you feel convicted by even what we're talking about. Um, but I think there is a way to 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 do this. I think there absolutely is a way to uh honor christ and disciple your family without like not doing anything right or right. doing everything i, like, well, say, I don't yeah, know if there's... you can do everything i'll just be honest like you're exactly right yeah. like if you're trying to get your kid into everything yeah. you are going to sacrifice some good things but doesn't that doesn't that um that requires a certain amount of intentionality though mm-hmm. which is again going back to uh, what I was trying to get across yeah. through the sermon is that we have to understand the purpose of our of our families mm-hmm. instead of living just in default of day to day, and then we become imprisoned. We become imprisoned to the urgent rather than being able to intentionally respond. Wait a minute, we've set a boundary here. Yep. We know this boundary has to be protected yep. and taken care of. And when we have that boundary and that intentionality set in place, then we can intentionally respond to the busy lifestyles that, mm-hmm. yes, we have. You, Chip, you have a family of four. It doesn't matter how much stillness you're trying to incorporate. You have a family of uh, four kids, so six total. It's just going to be busy in general. Yeah. But if you're living with intentionality, and I know it's a lot easier for me. I recognize this. It's a lot easier for me to say in my current lifestyle. But we do this with everything. We tell our kids, hey, set boundaries for yourself. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, it's a funny comparison, but you just were walking through a purity series. We are talking about boundaries last night. And and we talked about this maybe a time or two on the podcast about living with the end in mind and beginning with the end in mind. Exactly. And okay, what are those, what are the things 
as a family that are important to yep. us. Yep. And it's the it's the it's the marbles and grain of sand that fill up the 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 jug, right? Yep. And yep. when you when you make room for the most important things first, I love that. All of the other things fill in. And so as a family, what are the boundaries you're setting? What are the, you know, and not dealing in the absolutes and the always and nevers, you know, it's not, I mean, you know, Sage had an opportunity to, to swim at nationals or whatever, right? And that took up a, a Sunday. It doesn't yeah, I mean took a that, vacation day yeah. on that. Right. And it, yeah. And it, so that doesn't mean that you never, ever miss, you know, 52 Sundays a year <laughs> right. or you've missed the mark. Right. This That's isn't not legalism. the case. But also it's like, okay. If you took a quick poll in your family, um, yep. what do your kids say? Do they say that you value your their their sports and things more than church, or was that the exception that one right, time? Right, right. Man, you guys are that. That's exactly right. Because I'm letting I you set, make all the mistakes, I, and, and <laughs> I'm going to live through. You're ten years ahead, so yeah. I'll, I'll observe. And I'm learning from the both of you. And, but but that but, and then also the, the the things you do well, <laughs> and then yeah yeah. So like. So you use that specific illustration where Sage qualified for a, uh, it, it's it's it was a noteworthy accomplishment, right? Um, and just wrestling with what the right thing to do with that was, uh, we landed on me taking a vacation day, um, and and we went down there, but I had sat down with the family mm-hmm. and explained to them, like. We are going to do this, but uh, this is not our normative practice. And that's the difference. This is not what we value more mm-hmm. than than being at church on a, not just a consistent basis, but as a, that's our habit. Well, right? and please don't miss here. That's not punching in and punching out. That's not what you mean by no, no, being no. at church. It's adding to the value in the body of Christ. Yeah. yeah. But these yeah. are things that, that, that families are wrestling with. I right. mean, you have the, the whole uprising of travel ball in the last 20 years right. of AAU right. and you're making families make decisions. Yeah. And we've walked through that with our kids yeah. and said, listen, if some of these activities cause us to uh, make worship or our Christian, our, our Jesus following priorities, go down the ladder or be compromised, then we're not going to, we're not going to do it. Right. And it just, it, you know, or yeah, our fam, we just, we, we go to the lake every, every summer. And that's just the, pri- that's just, we want our kids to have those memories. And, and that becomes the gospel. That becomes a, the good such news. such a garbage thing. I mean, I'm, yeah, it's, it's discouraging because you see it and you're like, man, I just, I wish they were beginning with the end in yeah. mind. Yep. Yep, and I think if we if if we sat back and we truly asked ourselves and other families, what what do you want? What do you want the the your kids to to know and grow up to be and everything like that? And I think ultimately mm-hmm. we'd all have the same answer, but it, yeah. But at the end of the day, if we're not intentionally thinking about Putting that into practice, exactly, and and we can talk about the discouraging aspects, and there are, but from my point of view, as someone who's constantly observing families around me. One of the things I am encouraged by is that there are families in this church to where I know yeah. beyond, without yeah. a shadow of a doubt, if I went up to their children and said, hey, what is most important to your mom mm-hmm. and dad? They would say, Jesus, yeah. because of what they do on a regular basis, yeah. whether it's, and, and you see that because yeah. 
And I'm not saying that the church, this building, is is the end all. It's Jesus. But these kids, yeah. Yeah. The, these these kids, they come in and they are so welcome. This is their this is their second home. Yep. Which is a, a representation mm-hmm. of what's happening at their first home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're so comfortable and they're so welcomed and they're so loving here, mm-hmm. or loved on here, and then they they know and I well at least I know what's going on at the dinner table the night before at their at their actual house. Yeah. Um, I think that's uh, it's interesting because Ben, you said something about like part of the roadmap for this podcast is so what are some practical things we can do? Um, I think that's one thing that we try to make sure we do is we have dinner together. Hmm. Like mm-hmm. most right. weeks, it's it's every day or close. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, those are important things. Yeah where you're looking in your kids' eyes, you're asking them about the day. Yeah, you know. not in the living room with the TV on. No. No, it's around a table. Yeah. Um, it's intentional time, Deuteronomy mm-hmm. 6. Yeah. I've been really practicing yep. this lately. Like, I have to go to Costco. Would it be yep. a little more relaxing for me <laughs> to get in the vehicle, drive mm-hmm. to Costco, turn on the music or no music, and just think? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do not do that anymore. If I'm going somewhere yeah. to Lowe's mm-hmm. and to find, I'm taking a kid with me. Yeah. And as I'm taking them with them, I turn the music off. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, how are pa- we doing? What, what's going on? Exactly. Is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just told my oldest son the other day, I, again, just, he's heard this a hundred times, but just trying to affirm him or to tell him, listen, bud, my life is lost without, the Lord yeah I'm a wreck I told him I said I don't even think I would you would be here mm-hmm. without the Lord yeah. I know because my life would be a wreck and I just looked at him and said you're no different than the rest of us yeah. it's the Lord that you have to have in your life and trying to capture that yeah. speaking truth yeah and you know what that's I think Nicole doing. and I are trying to live it obviously but mm-hmm. speaking it that, yep. and, and 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 even if you weren't you're not even explicitly stating I care about you. I am putting you um, ahead of my own desires. Down the road, your children look back on those times, mm-hmm. and whether they whether it was explicitly stated during those times or not, they, that will have formed the way they think. That will have formed the way they think about family, and they w- they would have experienced and seen my father loved and cared for me, and he pursued me, mm-hmm. and all through the realm of Christ. And that is then that is then what's fed on. All of a sudden, the good news wasn't focused on how successful they were. It was in the midst of life that you then pursued them, and that becomes what they what they rely upon. Yeah, I think following my parents, you know, Nicole and I, we tell our kids often the the, the most important thing to us is that you know Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And I still have young kids that don't quite realize all that that means yeah sure but i'm already telling selah mm-hmm. most important thing in your life is to follow jesus yeah. to know god's find god's plan for yeah. your life and and i say fine like he reveals it to us mm-hmm. he leads us mm-hmm. but like uh, it's easy for me i'm a pastor i'm supposed to say these things uh, unfortunately i've met a lot of pastors who've never said these things to their kids but i'm more vocal i'm more comfortable sharing my faith with my kids because mm-hmm. But I think it's it's something that is part of being a parent, part of discipling, mm-hmm. is even if you're not super comfortable with 
talking. You need to still talk about the right, faith right, right. and seize those moments and Deuteronomy 6, your life with your kids. I think one of the biggest practical things I observed from my own parents was their time with the Lord. Mm. Like I, yes. I knew that I, I knew there was uh, one of the things I yes. loved was I would wake up or, or whatever. And I knew my dad would, would already be praying. One of the things I loved is if yeah. I woke up and I saw my mom's Bible sitting right there on the, on the TV stand, right by, right by her chair. Like yeah. I knew what was taking place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were certain things that like it was, and whether they did it on purpose or not, I saw it yeah. whether, and they never told me, Hey, this is what I'm doing or no, I, I observed it just from the, from growing up. Yeah. We still try to, pr- uh, I appreciate my parents modeling. Like they prayed with us every night. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was, you didn't go to bed yeah. without being prayed over. Yep. And yep. trying to do that with my kids and even with a 16 year old kid, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> it can be awkward sometimes, Yeah, you know, like, or 15 year old, like, Hey, but I still, and my mm-hmm. prayers have evolved. As he's gotten older, yeah. I make sure, Lord, help him to trust your plan for his life, your goodness, mm-hmm. and help him to open his heart completely to whatever you have for him. Um, these are just ways that we continue to communicate to them that these are the most important. I became right? comfortable in praying because my parents prayed mm-hmm. with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's that's where I learned that hey I can talk to God I can mm-hmm. speak with God that's a good point because it yeah. gave permission it gave and it they gave, it gave freedom they modeled exactly. it that's exactly what it is we've got a our life group we've got six of us families and they're all super young kids so mm-hmm. we're kind of all in the same season of life and so as you're talking Sunday preaching I'm writing down my own questions mm-hmm. that just pertain to our season of life specifically you know and you know some of the questions that I had kind of thought through or like what are you filling your mind with right Mm -hmm. because because of what we have to give then right um do you have something in your glass talked about to pour out to pour into yeah are you saturated with god are you setting the environment in your home how what music are you listening to the books that you read how you pray how you model how you respond to disappointment or frustration in the way that um we're called to what rhythms or habits do you have that you would like to start um this season to foster image bearers is is your desire for your family and your kids to ultimately be image bearers of christ is that your deepest desire and then how are you living those things out and so many so much more i mean i was oh yeah i was just writing the whole time that you were uh, i mean the acid test is is like listen um if i had if i could choose right now whether my kid is a multi-millionaire and doesn't know jesus or is a factory worker and knows jesus what am i choosing and but all you day. know what? But all day. You know what though? I don't even hesitate. It would that. be easy to say yeah. though, but I think it, like let's let's look at the practical actions. I mean, at the end of the day, if I were to look at the someone's past month, mm-hmm. and it's easy to give the Sunday school answer to that. I right. mean, I think at the end of the day, we would all give, and it, I want well, I want to know Jesus. Well, what does what does the last month say? If I were to look at your calendar, have you discipled them towards? Exactly. Well, and that's why I asked the questions I did because yep. it yeah. causes you to reflect. Um, okay, what are what are the things that I'm doing? The lead measures, yep. we say that that will that will lead to a tangible result. I liked your question of um, how do you, how are you responding to disappointment? One of the, I mean, in absolutely my, in my own life, absolutely, I knew. My dad wasn't upset if I struck out in baseball. My dad was upset if I lost my temper and didn't display Christ. <laughs> yes, exactly. when I, he, he got most upset not when I lost a tennis match, but if I wasn't representing 
Christ out there in the tennis court. Right. Well, I'm going to right. be honest. I shared this in a sermon a few weeks ago. I just thought about this. So I shared Colby scores a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like he had a beautiful run. It was impressive. <laughs> yeah. You're so proud of him. Then all of a sudden <laughs> he's pounding his chest in the end zone. My whole, my whole thought process went out the window. Yeah. I was not proud of him in that moment. Sure. I was like, that is not to me a character moment. Right. Yeah. Right. And I told him, I was looking at him going like, you know, like stop. Yeah. 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 Like, because I want him to be the right person instead of a talented person. Right, right. You right, know exactly. And I think I think I mean, depending on how our parents, how we see our parents get upset, tells us what the values are. If my dad had gotten upset at me because I struck out, I then want to meet it's his a expectations. Right, to be right. Good the, in a sport. Exactly. His gospel right. then is centered around my athleticism. What yes. actions are we doing to seek the affirmation Absolutely. from our parents? Exactly. And then we begin to lean into those. So things. how did that go? What's that? Me striking out? Oh man, there were times. There were times that he had to sit me down. <laughs> Good for him. He had to sit in front of in front of people. Like it wasn't one of those things. Where <laughs> he like didn't he, wait. He didn't wait. Like there, I remember specifically, there was one time we were out there with with a friend, and I lost, and I yeah. was I was hot, and he took me and he sat me down in front of that person, and yeah. he had to talk with me like, and it wasn't it wasn't one of um, punitive justice or anything. It was it was. Hey, what mm-hmm. what are you valuing most? Well, why are you why Who are, are you, you becoming? Yeah, and yeah. he's like, and he was making sure you don't see this from me. I'm not putting this pressure on you. Yeah, he's like, you know, you know that this isn't all about. I want to have yeah. fun out here with you. Why that's are good. you not having fun? And that's what that's when I began to learn. Wait a minute, this isn't. Now it took me a long time to learn that. If you ask my dad, but that's when I began to learn, and I can reflect on what was what was priority to my father, and he was discipling me. Without even explicitly discipling me in right. that moment, that it was and, discipling you. Yeah, exactly. In, I mean, that is yeah. That's exactly how it works. How it's transferred. How exactly. transformative stuff. You guys know my family's oriented. We love sports, right? Mm-hmm. Well, our culture loves sports, and so the the, the crisis things or the wrestling um, happens because. Like the value of our culture is placed on if you're talented. Are you a good singer? Right, right, right. Are you a good baseball player? That you're you're more valued in our school system. We've seen this. We oh, went yeah. to school. Like if you're the star athlete, you get preferential treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a load of crock of crap that is. Mm-hmm. And the our world just continues to imprint that and print that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want sports to break that when right. my kids like this is just about uh, uh, a fulfilling thing to do, but in the middle of it, is it teaching you mm-hmm. how to, yeah, yeah, there's important things mm-hmm. of work ethic and excellence right. and teamwork, right? Learning to lose gracefully, learning to win gracefully. Mm-hmm. All these things are important, but at the end of the day, why can't we take the thing that the world places undue value on and say, put it in its right place? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not stopping playing sports because the world overvalues it. I want to take sports and prove to the world that it can simply be just a tool. Yes. That helps yes. us understand a greater reality, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if it gets in the way of the greater reality, then I must sacrifice. I mean, you said it, Chuck. I mean, you said at the beginning, um, success and Christ are not mutually exclusive, but that 
when we follow Christ, mm-hmm. our, our idea of success is transformed. And so we actually walk in success. It may not be worldly success, but our idea of success right. has been transformed. And so we're not even caring um, as much about what the world says, but that all of a sudden we are following Christ and we are embodying Christ and we are imaging Christ to the rest of the world, which is what God has called us to the, from the very beginning. And Does, when we find fulfillment and when we, find, when we live with excellence— in Christ and fully embody yes. who he created us yep. to be, we find the fullness of this life. And that is, that. I mean, Christ says, I have come to give you life and life abundantly. Yeah. It's not this rat race of, of finding more and more and more um, uh, money or relationships yeah. or athletics or academics, but life abundance mm-hmm. is understanding that I don't need all of those things and I can have a fulfilled right. life in Christ and in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I guess the question is as a parent is my goal to see my kid be a doctor or a lawyer or um, whatever it is is that going to help them become an effective fruitful fruitful disciple of Jesus 